When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to year two of Tell Me a Story I Don't Know, a refreshing and captivating interview with top sports personalities and their connections to Chicago. From Matty Olchek to Bob Costas, Mike North to Pat Foley, they reveal entertaining, memorable, and emotional stories, some you've never heard before. I'm George Hoffman, and please make sure you subscribe to Tell Me a Story I Don't Know on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Tell Me a Story I Don't Know is sponsored by Vienna Beef, makers of Chicago's hot dogs since 1893. Find them on the web at ViennaBeef.com. And by Dynamic Manufacturing, awarded the General Motors Supplier of the Year 23 times. Honor the legacy, pioneer the future. Visit them at DynamicManufacturingInc.com. Tell Me a Story I Don't Know is also sponsored by Serenow Law Group, top-notch pros in reducing your rising real estate taxes. They're on the web at Serenow.com by BetUS, America's favorite sportsbook for a lot of reasons. Check them out at BetUS.com. And by the Polina Market, purveyors of the finest meats in the Chicagoland area since 1949. Visit them at PolinaMarket.com. This week in Part 1, we featured the iconic and Hall of Fame Chicago Blackhawks broadcaster, Pat Foley. Well, I'll just say what I would say to any young person who's thinking about getting into this type of a gig. A- you better be mobile. Nobody starts as the voice of the Chicago Blackhawks. You have to go to the minors. You have to call college games. You have to, if you're doing it the right way, you should be calling different sports. Uh, you got to do interview shows. You got to, I mean, I, I remember in college uh, working at the student radio station, I, I was a DJ. I was spinning records. He's been the soundtrack of the Blackhawks for 39 years. Pat Foley's scintillating descriptions of the game have reverberated through good times and bad. He's earned the respect and adulation of loyal Hawk fans, some who grew up with another iconic voice, Lloyd Pettit. His call of Hawk's goals is as good as it gets, and his sense of humor and boisterous laugh has endeared him to just about everyone he comes across. So, Pat Foley, tell me a story I don't know. <laughs> um... Boy, well, thanks for uh, reading that almost the way my mother printed it, uh, George. That's very nice of you. Um, a story you don't know. Well, you know, uh, when you were talking to me about doing this uh, interview, I was trying to think back about a couple of things that uh, might be interesting. And um, I'll tell you a story about way back in the day. When I first got this job as the voice of the Blackhawks, I was doing radio by myself. So I would be constantly hoping and 
asking people to come up and just sit in for a game and do color, and all sorts of people did that. Got a lot of fine broadcasts out of it. A few of them uh, memorably thought-provoking. A few of them taught the game to uh, fans. I mean, Stan Makita was unbelievable he was there. Uh, Keith Magnuson was unbelievable and he was there. So was Reggie Fleming unbelievable when he was there because he was nice enough to agree to come up and sit with me for a game at the stadium. And for those who don't remember, Reggie Fleming was one of, if not the toughest player in the National Hockey League when he played. You didn't want to get on the wrong side of Reggie. But as it happened, he had this squeaky little voice. So whatever, I, you know, we're having a good time. I get him up there. The game starts, and, and Reggie, every time he would say something, he would only get three or four words out, and there would be a pause. And as I looked at him, he's got his finger to his mouth every couple of seconds. So now back then, there's no such things as a TV timeout. So, you know, the game's going on, and, and uh, Reggie's trying to explain something, and he's, he's talking about the forecheck. And if you're going to do that, you've always got to make sure... The third forward doesn't get in too deep. Well, with that, the puck goes out of play, and I, I put a commercial on there. I said, Reggie, all right? He says, he says, damn, I won these teeth in a card game, and they don't fit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God bless him. So he hung in there the rest of the night, but uh, uh, Reggie was a, a horse player, as you may know, and didn't mind gambling, and um, he won some teeth that didn't work out very well. Obviously, they didn't work out very well. This is your final year as the voice of the Blackhawks, which is still hard for me to wrap my head around. It's the final year of your contract, so a lot of people keep wondering, are you retiring, or is this the case of the Hawks wanting to turn the page? Well, they'd have to answer that. I don't know. I mean, look, at the one thing, and, and people have spoken to me, especially my friends, a lot on this topic of late. And, you know, nobody thinks that I'm ready to go. In large part, I kind of am, George. I, uh, you know, it's been a long ride. It's been a great ride. You know, I mean, I'm really fine with this. Uh, and they are being very nice to me this season with letting me kind of determine my own schedule. But here's the one thing I'll say to you and your uh, podcast listeners here. So this conversation goes back near the end of last season. And Danny Wirtz has taken over. Jamie Faulkner has come in as the business manager. And uh, Adam Rogowin, the PR guy. So Jamie and Adam are talking to me uh, about what I'm thinking. And I said, well, I have, you know, as far as moving forward, I said, look, I've got another year on my contract. I intend to honor that. And I said, but look at you guys. Beyond that, I don't know what my answer would be as to whether I'm going to continue on. And think about this. Last year, for me, was an ex extremely easy season. There's no travel. I'm only doing one division. I've only got eight teams to pay attention to. And I said to him, look it, assuming next year, meaning this season, gets back on the rails, you're back to traveling to 32 or 31 other places, 
Now, I've got to broadcast a bunch of games where I there's a bunch of teams I haven't seen play for two years. This is cha- – I mean, I don't care when the Philadelphia Flyers play, play the Ottawa Senators. I've never watched any of those games. So there's a bunch of teams that I haven't seen. That's going to be a lot of work for me to prepare for these broadcasts the way I feel that I need to. And so I said, look, at, I, I don't know what to tell you beyond next year. And so with that, they just – felt that they needed to get ready for whatever the next chapter is going to be, and and I understand that. That's It's all good. Going back to the COVID year, you and Eddie pulled off quite a broadcast during the Hawks playoff series, which, of course, was conducted in the bubble in Edmonton, where they happened to be playing the Oilers. How in the world did you guys pull that off? Welcome in, everybody. At least that's what I usually like to say, but to Pat Foley and Eddie Olchek, I'd be welcoming you nowhere. The game is in Edmonton. I'm sitting in Chicago. My great partner is in Stanford, Connecticut. But I still love seeing you, and I can't wait to take a look at game two. Well, that's a good question, and I don't know the answer. I actually was quite proud of how it did come off because I don't think, unless you knew the details, you probably realize it just as a listener to that game but or all those games. So anyway, I mean, you look at Eddie's a great pro. We, we've had a great partnership. We're good buddies. Um, the crew that we had... Uh, did as well as they could with sort of the feed they're being given. They can't, we can't dictate replays or anything like that. So, uh, you know, hopefully it came off to people as as if we were there. I mean, that's what our goal always is. But um, yeah, that was it was a hell of a challenge, believe me. March Madness is drawing near, and BetUS Sportsbook is your home for all of it. Plus, the NBA, NHL, UFC, and the PGA Tour. Sign up now, and first-time bettors will get a 125% bonus with our promo code STORY22. That's STORY22. Future odds, live betting, and great parlay plays also await you at BetUS. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. Go to BetUS.com and remember our code, STORY22. The easiest way to hear more great guests on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know is to follow me on social media at George Hoffman. That's O-F-M-A-N, just one F, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. We return with Pat Foley on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. We talked about, or you did at least, about the Blackhawks auditioning your replacement during the season. That has to be odd at the very least. And with that, we welcome you back inside the booth alongside Eddie Olchek. I'm Jason Raj Jr. With that, we say hello and thanks for joining us alongside Colby Cohen, Mike Monaco with you. Thrilled to sit in for Pat and Eddie tonight. Welcome inside our United Center broadcast booth. It's great to be with you. I'm Chris Fosters. We've got the stars on the ice behind us tonight. And welcome inside the UC. I'm Alan Fearing alongside the Hall of Famer, Eddie Olchek. So excited to work with him today. I mean, I guess it is. It certainly is for me. I mean, truthfully, after being in the grind for four decades, really five decades, now, I mean, literally, the Hawks played a game where I was at home, not working. I'm watching my team play. I'm not far away, and I'm sitting there thinking, I mean, it's it's just weird. Now, that's just from my perspective. I understand that they have to find who's going to sit in my chair and and they're going to uh, bring a bunch of different people in to give them a chance and see how the fans like them see how they like them you know that's you know they got a decision to make down the road and you know that'll be up to them but this year has been extremely weird because I have never missed an assignment I've I've never not done a game Uh, but now I am 
Would you like to save money? <laughs> Who wouldn't? How about saving money on your real estate taxes? I have and did so thanks to Serenal Law Group, accomplished professionals ready to put money back in your pocket. All Chicago properties were reassessed by the Cook County Assessor's Office, and some of you got eye-opening increases. Serenal Law Group has the ability to lower that. The deadline to file your 2021 appeal is 30 days after your township opens for appeals at the Board of Review, so don't waste a minute contacting Serenal Law Group so you can save. There are no fees, so you don't have to pay a dime unless they save you money. And take it from me, they've saved me thousands. And they do it in a professional and friendly manner that makes your life a whole lot easier. Serenal Law Group handles appeals throughout the greater Chicagoland area from residential, commercial, or industrial property. They're ready to fight on your behalf so you don't pay more than your fair share. Visit their website, serenow.com, that's S-A-R-A-N-O-W, or call them at 312-373-0015. Mention promo code OFFMAN, that's O-F-M-A-N, to get a discounted fee on your 2021 property tax appeal. Contact Serenow Law Group, S-A-R-A-N-O-W, and start saving. March Madness is drawing near, and BetUS Sportsbook is your home for all of it. Plus, the NBA, NHL, UFC, and the PGA Tour. Sign up now, and first-time bettors will get a 125% bonus with our promo code STORY22. That's STORY22. Future odds, live betting, and great parlay plays also await you at BetUS. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. Go to BetUS.com and remember our code, STORY22. The easiest way to hear more great guests on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know is to follow me on social media at George Hoffman. That's O-F-M-A-N, just one F, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. We return with Pat Foley on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. You are five days older than me, and of course, we're both 39. <laughs> I just can't see how you wouldn't be continuing, but you've made that decision. There are a lot of broadcasters, as you well know, that work into their 70s, and some who've worked into their 80s. You don't want to do that, do you? Well, look at George, I'll just say that, um, you know, I get into this profession um, because I wanted to make a living doing it, and I wanted to have fun. Uh, those things have all happened. And now, at least in my opinion, I'm not sure how much fun broadcasting is. That's all I need to say. You, you guys can parse that however you want, but um, you can't tell a joke on the air. I'll be having my third helping of uh, apple pie a la mode there on there by that time on that Friday. Why not? It's a holiday. Go for it. Twelve extra sit-ups on Saturday. Well, you just want to get the five right. right. You want to get the five right. All right, come on. I can do more than five. Well, I'm not going to say that. Cause like a challenge that I can do five sit-ups. Pull-ups, forget about it. I got no chance. I didn't know he was a door opener. I actually saw at the start of the game. He started the show. Yeah, yeah. him and Pecorino. Yeah. Started the show, and uh, it, was a, it was a nice night. Actually, now that I think about that, he's actually opened a lot of doors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's closed a few times. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. There's a lot of experts that have all the answers, and if you 
you can easily make a misstep without even trying, and uh, that's kind of where we are today. So I, I'm not, uh, I'm not upset about leaving. Jim Cott recently did in baseball. It sounds like you have to tiptoe through the tulips for those who remember what that means. Uh, well, that's where it is. I mean, I, I really, unfortunately, my opinion is that just, just this just belongs to me. But I really think that broadcasting in general and sportscasting in particular is going to get more and more vanilla. I'll tell you this. Again, this is my opinion. Imagine this, and I believe this to be true. Everybody I've said it to agrees. Harry Carey would not get hired today. Now think about that. Everything about it's wrong, in my opinion. You grew up here a hockey nut, and of course listening to the previously mentioned Lloyd Pettit. So tell me a story I don't know. When it hit you, I want to be a hockey announcer. Well, truthfully, George, I didn't know it was going to be hockey. I, um, I love telling this story. Uh, I'm 10 years old in Glenview, Illinois, playing in the Little League. My dad was a Buick dealer, and Buick at that time was a sponsor of Cubs Radio. So they'd rotate around every couple of games, and at Wrigley, you know, some dealer would be able to come up and make his pitch, and... And uh, as it happened, uh, my dad went down to Wrigley one day, and Jack Quinlan was in the booth, and he brought me with him. Now, Mr. Quinlan had actually bought a—he lived in Evanston. He had bought a car for my dad, so they knew each other a little. Couldn't have been any nicer. We go up to the booth in the second or third inning, and we sit down, and it's a beautiful day, middle of July. I'm sitting in the press box at Wrigley Field— as a young baseball player, and I am out of my mind. I'm sitting there listening to Jack Quinlan and Lou Boudreaux do their thing. National reputation brands are your biggest value, and we bolt to parking stores near you. Lou, when a woman shops for dresses, she seems to place a lot of importance on the label. Well, that's natural, Jack. One of the names the gals swear by is Jonathan Logan in wool knit dresses. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. And that's what they feature at Weebolt, where the national reputation brands are on display. And I must have... I don't remember this. I must have, uh, uh, between innings, I must have asked him a question or two, and somehow he became interested in me. So when my dad's pitch was finished, the GN guy taps it on the shoulder and uh, says, okay, great uh, great job, Mr. Foley. Let's, we'll take you back down to your seats. And Jack Quinlan stands up and says, Bob, if you'd like to go back to your seats, you know, great. Have a great time. Leave him here. Points at me. So I'm 10 years old. So anyway, I got to sit there the entire rest of the day with Jack Quinlan. Couldn't have been any nicer to me. I wrote him a thank you letter uh, when we were done, or, you know, when I went back home, and he sent back an autographed picture of him and Ernie Banks and Ron Sato just, you know, being the great guy that he was. And uh, I don't remember this. My mother claims that when I came home from Wrigley Field that day, I, I said to both of them, I, I know what I'm going to do. Now, that's her story. I, I can't dispute it, but... Uh, that's where the, that's the day the seed was planted, and from then on, school for me was very focused. Anything with English or public speaking, uh, I was there early and paying attention. If it was chemistry or math, uh, I didn't care about any of it. For me, I grew up in Albany Park, where a bunch of kids would get together on summer evenings. We'd play baseball, and, and I would play, only I was... The announcer. I was Jack Brickhouse. Uh, you know, I was announcing the game from wherever I was playing. I was also the crowd. I did it all. Pre-game, the 10th inning, I had a soda pop. 
a can that I was using to, as, a, as a microphone. But I also had a passion of drawing stadiums. You know, where this came from, I don't know. There was a book of stadiums, and I got very creative. I was getting cardboards and rulers, uh, compasses, colored pens. I was making my own stadiums. You did something different, didn't you, when you were about that age? Well, what I did was, because I was focused on broadcasting, you'll remember the great Lloyd Pettit, and, and by the way, who became, it's hard to call him a mentor, but he couldn't have been any nicer to me as I was coming up. Back in the day, my first pro play-by-play -play job was uh, the voice of the Grand Rapids Owls, who were in the same league as the Milwaukee Admirals, who Mr. Pettit owned. So every year I went up there, well, I was only there two and a half years, but whenever we went up there, I would ask for an interview. He would give me one each year. And I, one time, we're up in the Milwaukee arena, and he's going to come in, uh, come on with me during the first intermission. And at the end of that interview, he said, uh, Pat, you don't know this, but I was stood here for the last five minutes of that period. He says, you keep up the good work, and you're going to be in the National Hockey League someday. You can believe that's a piece of tape I saved. <laughs> I mean, hearing that from him just was uh, really special. So, uh, uh, but I used to, so I would listen to him uh, on the radio, particularly Sunday night games. He tried to return to Howe, taken by Dennis Hull. Dennis Hull leading off the far board to Makita. Makita on the right wing, a slap shot to go! And on, under the glass, on my desk in my room, my homework desk, I had drawn a perfect outline of a hockey rink. So I just listened to Lloyd, and I'm trying to visualize it on the rink that I had drawn. Wow. And when you say that, it reminds me of Jim Durham, great announcer here, yeah. as you well know. One of the few guys who could paint a game on radio as if you were watching it on TV. Tipping with the ball, top of the key. Right side, it's Paxton. 12 and a clock into Cartwright against Devon Flow right. Cartwright backs in, turnaround jumper. Good. Bill Cartwright hits it from the right baseline. Cartwright with four. Good balance. Yep. Lakers up court. The pass tipped off the glass by Cartwright. The Bulls come back with it. Here's Jordan down the lane to the hoop. Lefty layup is in. Michael Jordan has six, and the Bulls draw even at 23. Which is a huge gift and, and a great talent. I mean, that's listen, I, I started doing radio. Um, I really enjoyed the challenge of trying to paint the fastest game in the world for somebody who's driving his car. Uh, loved doing that. Even tried to do it when we were doing simulcast for all those years. Uh, now I'm just doing TV, and it's, you know, it's, it's quite a bit easier. You don't have to chart the puck, you know, like we did then. But uh, listen, great respect for guys who can't paint a picture like that, and it's a real, a real talent to be able to do it. Vienna beef, two words synonymous with hot dogs. They're the home of the Chicago hot dog and an institution since 1893. If you've had a hot dog, chances are it was from Vienna. And did you know there are more locations selling Vienna in Chicago than McDonald's, Burger King, and Wendy's combined? There's nothing like biting into a juicy and delicious pure beef Vienna hot dog. Drag through the garden, which includes yellow mustard, onions, relish, tomatoes, sport peppers, pickles, and some celery salt. And oh, those Polish sausages dripping with flavor. And look for the spicy smoked sausage available in your local retail stores. It includes a perfect blend of seasonings such as crushed red peppers and brown sugar, creating a bold and zesty taste. Vienna products are available in restaurants, grocery stores, and entertainment venues such as the ballparks, cups, 
and socks, stadiums, museums, and zoos. Plus, you can purchase them online, coast-to-coast at ViennaBeef.com and on Amazon. And remember, Vienna is not just hot dogs and sausages. Look for their farm makers' chili, mini bagel dogs, condiments, and classic deli meats. Take it from a guy who was weaned on, then sold Vienna products. It's the mark of excellence since 1893. Check them out at ViennaBeef.com. So consider this, 40 years after you began your career here, some young hockey nuts out there want to be you. They aspire to be Pat Foley. Well, um, it's a relatively weird thought, but, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess it's probably true. And uh, I'll just say what I would say to any young person who's thinking about getting into this type of a gig. A, you better be mobile. Nobody starts as the voice of the Chicago Blackhawks. You have to go to the minors. You have to call college games. You have to, if you're doing it the right way, you should be calling different sports. Uh, you got to do interview shows. You got to, I mean, I, I remember in college, uh, working at the student radio station, I, I was a DJ. I was spinning records. You know, anything to get behind a microphone. So to get where you want to go, you're going to have to work in a couple, maybe several small towns to, you know, get to your destination. So you got to be mobile. Not easy to A, be married and B, be thinking about a family when you're doing it that way. But you know, that's kind of the way of the world in, in broadcasting. So, you know, I certainly would never discourage anybody, but yet you got to understand what you're getting into. You, you better be mobile and, um, you know, understand what the whole process is going to be. It's funny when you said spinning records, when I interviewed Marv Albert and I, I said, you know, tell me a story I don't know just to begin with. He said, I was a disc jockey at Syracuse. So that's the way he began his career. But you did go to Michigan State, and basically that's where your career blossomed from there, and then you started at Grand Rapids. Well, uh, there was one interim step. Um, but, yes, I, I was lucky enough to uh, – they had a student radio station. Now, that's a big campus. There's 45,000 students there. I went there because they had a great telecommunications department. USC would have been the other possibility. That was too far away, too expensive, couldn't go there. I got into MSU, um, I was thrilled to do it, went up there not knowing one soul out of 45,000, and, uh, but I knew what I was there for, so, um, you know, very focused on any broadcasting classes that I had, and um, helped me with where I was going. Out of school, the first job I could get, I was, I was actually Mark G. and Greco, I was a TV guy on a, um, on a CBS station in the Flint Saginaw market, W-E-Y-I. And so I, I was doing the TV sports every night. They had a 5.30 sports cast. Uh, excuse me, 5.30 newscast. I did my three and a half minutes of sports. I was glad to have a job. It wasn't what I wanted. I wanted to be a play-by-play guy. But I got a job out of school. It was huge to have that. And all my other Spartan buddies were like, dude, this guy's on TV. He's on Channel 25. He's on TV. I was making $7,000 a year. I actually had to... Uh, I, I needed a roommate to live in Clio, Michigan, to be able to survive uh, that year. But during that year, I was covering both the Flint Generals and the Saginaw Gears as part of my job, and um, uh, they let me know, there were some people at each team that let me know, there's a team moving from Toledo to Grand Rapids in the middle of the season. 
they pulled the Bob, Bob Irsay. They picked up stakes in the middle of the night and left and went to Grand Rapids. So I got a hold of the local owners there and said, look, at it, you know, you need a guy. Yeah, we need a guy. So sent them a tape. They gave me the job. So I was the voice of the Grand Rapids Owls for um, a couple years and, and um, doing their PR. And you know, the play-by-play was very little. I was doing sales. I was trying to sell T-shirt night and season tickets and everything else. But it was a great experience. So then how did you land the Blackhawks job? Well, as you may remember, uh, the Blackhawks were really having a hard time after, after Bobby Hull left in the late 70s and never won a playoff series or anything. So they were in trouble broadcasting-wise because they, had a, they were in the middle of a contract on the old WCFL, which is now AM1000. And that station was sold. WCFL was sold to somebody. Whoever it was, was God Squad. They were going 24-hour religion. They went to the Blackhawks in the middle of the summer and said, yeah, we know we got a contract with you, but, you know, we don't want you. If you don't like it, sue us. So now the Hawks are sitting there without a radio station. They also had a guy doing the broadcast the year before. I think his name was Ron Oaks, who had lost his voice. Oh, Andy McWilliams. Andy, whispering Andy. That's right. Andy McWilliams lost his voice. He actually had a voice when he came here in 1978. Bully keeps it in for Chicago. Bully back in the net. Turning. He tried to stuff it in. Boulder have a backhand shot. Bordello couldn't score. Now Bully in right. He put it in the net. And Bully. And the Hawks take a 5-3 lead. They had the color guy finish the 79-80 season. So they need a, they got no station, they got no broadcaster, I better let them know I'm around. I sent the stuff in. So now, and by the way, the Grand Rapids Owls had folded at the end of the 79-80s, so I need a job. I let the Hawks know I'm around, I'm applying to other minor league teams, I get hired, I, I have a job offer from the Erie Blades, God bless them, Nick Polano in, in Erie. And so now it's getting into September, I, I haven't heard from the Hawks, Nick finally calls me, you know, training camp starting next week. You know, what are, you, are you, what are we doing? I said, Nick, will you give me one more day? He did. So I called a certain person of the Blackhawks and, and said, uh, I know you can't promise me anything. Do I have a shot at this job? And they said, yes, you do. We don't know where it's going to go, but you have a shot. So now I'm sitting, I'm 26 years old, and I called Nick Polano the next day, and I said, thanks, for, Nick, for waiting. I, I've got a shot at the NHL. I'm going to take it. So I'm I'm either in the NHL that season or I'm out of hockey, and that's the way it worked. I got the job, and nobody remembers this, George. The start of the 1980 season, the first several games of the year, yeah, the first five games of the year were not broadcast. They didn't have a radio station yet, so they make a deal a deal with WEYI, an old FM station that was right next to WGCI. I can't remember the call letters, but what I know is. In the stadium, you couldn't hear W-E-Y-I, but they had an outlet. Um, and I got a call from Bill Wirtz's secretary right before game three of that season. Mr. Wirtz wants to see, to see you down uh, tomorrow night, so come on. Okay, so I go down there. I make a deal. And uh, so I, I broadcast, I think it was game six that year, was my first game on the air, which was the night they retired Stan Makita's jersey. In October of 1980, Makita became the first Blackhawk to have his jersey retired as his number 21 was hung from the rafters at Chicago Stadium. That's how it started, but 
uh, nobody's probably even alive to remember that no, the first five games of that year were never even on radio. Did you know General Motors 2021 Supplier of the Year is located in Hillside, Illinois? Dynamic Manufacturing not only remanufactures transmissions for the likes of GM, but also as a state-of-the-art facility. Its capabilities include engineering new or existing products, along with manufacturing, machining, logistics, and re-energizing used batteries for electric cars and energy storage systems. I've seen their operation firsthand, and their nearly 1 million square feet of operating space is extremely impressive. Dynamic was founded by the late, great John Partipillo in 1955 and is still family-owned and operated by the next generation. For more information about Dynamic Manufacturing, visit their website at dynamicmanufacturinginc.com. Dynamic Manufacturing. Honor the legacy. Pioneer the future. You have been lucky in the course of your career with the Blackhawks to work with some incredibly intelligent and very funny analysts. And there have been four of them. There was Dale Talon, who a lot of people may not remember, was given jersey number nine by the Blackhawks and quickly, I think, I don't know, he's the one that said, I don't want it, but he did wear it. And you worked with him for a number of years, on and off, I believe. Well, let me, let me interrupt you just to say, Yes, they did give him number nine. Uh, I think he they made him wear it for an exhibition game or something. And, and when, the, when the press came into the room after, uh, they said, you know, what about wearing number nine? And he, his, his immediate response was, they forgot to put the decimal point in front of it. So there you go. That's the color guy right there. <laughs> we'll talk about more of, uh, of him in a moment. So then we're, there was Dale. There was... Billy Gardner, whom you also worked with at the, with the Wolves. There was Troy Murray, and there's Eddie Olchek. And I'm thinking at the least three of them have a screw loose. <laughs> uh, they were great, but I want to first start with Troy Murray, who we all know is, is, is battling cancer. And he's been the radio analyst now for a number of years with John Whiteman, a terrific hockey player uh, and a very, very good analyst. Uh, so take me back to the time when you were calling his games and then the time when he was with you calling games. Held in by Murray for Bassett. Oh, the pass at his feet. Otherwise, he was in. Al Gill. And his pocket picked by Murray. The shot. Hawk wins. Hawk wins. Troy Murray steals and scores in overtime. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, uh, tremendous respect for that man. I Actually, I love that man. And uh, I think anybody who's had any dealings with him would probably say the same thing. He was a great hockey player, and because of the type of man that he has always been, uh, you may remember that any, any team he ever played on, he had a letter on. Every one. He was a captain of the Ottawa Senators, I think, in fact. But he had a great playing career. Of course, at that time, he had to leave the Blackhawks to win a Stanley Cup, so he went to, uh, he went to uh, Colorado and did that. Uh, but never moved. I mean, it's, it's, uh, he and his wife have lived uh, in the Chicago area forever. And uh, not long after he got out of the game as a player, he uh, wanted to get into broadcasting. And I think I can say I'm the guy that kind of bro uh, broke him in. And uh, I remember a few occasions where, you know, I mean, he was good at it, but he'd be worried about a mistake he made or 
I said, Troy, listen, we all mess up. Don't just keep going. Even if you think you said, said it wrong, don't worry about that. We all mess up. And he, you know, we eventually got very comfortable behind the mic and you, you said it right. He's a tremendous analyst to listen to on the radio. But actually when he was working with me, this was a tough gig. He was doing a simulcast and I would, you know, this goes back to the days with Dale, but I would make those guys remember that you have to be descriptive of your analysis because you can't say, look at this. You just can't, to be fair to the radio guy. So um, he, he, it took him a while, but he mastered that and did great at it. And now he can just focus on the radio and, and uh, describe what he does. But he's, he's a great man. We're all, uh, I th- I've got my uh, wristband on now, my TM-19, and I wear it every day and think about him every day. And I hope he's, uh, hope he's having a good day today. The thing that I like the most about Dale Talon is he would describe a goal before you saw the replay. I thought that was phenomenal. He doesn't have to look at the replay. He's got this photographic memory. He's telling you, oh, here's the replay. Jeez, that's unbelievable. Plus, the two of you had some symbiotic relationship because there were times where it wasn't the hockey game. It was something he said, and the two of you would just crack up. Well, from the second angle, it doesn't look to me like it hit the knee. I said he got in a bad spot. (laughs) Not his knee, maybe his weenie. What passing on that sequence, though, huh, Dale? (laughs) There goes his broadcasting future. His voice just went up about four octaves. He is a very funny man. So, I mean, I'll I'll say that, you know, you've talked about the G and Greco night you were at. I mean, half of that stuff was stuff, you know, those are Dale stories. They're, you know, good, you know, lines that he's given me. But look at the great hockey man, obviously knows the game inside out. Uh, He's the guy that built the Blackhawks dynastic team uh but when he was working with me i mean it, oh lord we had fun um and that's the deal he he and i have a same the same attitude actually almost everybody i've worked with has had this look at, and i've been lucky in that respect we're there to call the game we're we're there to stay up with the action we're there to have fun well come on this is the, this is the entertainment business so guys that uh, think it's more important than that are just going down the wrong track i would suggest but anyway dale dale was a blast and and um dale and i you know we're traveling all over the country and going out for dinner every night and just having a ball and now this is back he doesn't drink anymore this is back in the days when he did before he was married and every time we'd have a bet it'd be for dinner in whatever the next city was and i lost everyone i mean he'd usually bet against michigan state i'd you know i and I lost, I bought them 12 dinners in a row, all at great steakhouses, you know, and I, I had no per diem left at all, which was fine. So now, finally, I win a bet. I've got them. I, I, it doesn't matter what it was. I, after feeding this guy for two months, you know, now I've won a bet. And we go out, we, we're, we're on the road in Boston. We're out with a bunch of people just having a great time. We're wandering back to the hotel at midnight or thereabouts, and and uh, all of a sudden we, you know, we haven't eaten all night. <laughs> Here, there's the guy's pushing his uh, his uh, hot dog cart down the street. Hey, got any more of those? Yeah, well, that's it. So we each grab a dog and a, one bite in. There's dinner. <laughs> yeah, he got me again. 
Oh, I love it. Billy Gardner was a great interview for all of us because, honestly, he was playing with a 53-card deck. <laughs> and he was that way on the air with you, too, both with the Blackhawks and the Wolves. Sitting game in Winnipeg tonight, a whole lot of ugly. Wall-to-wall <laughs> -wall ugly. Speak for yourself. Still, no, it, it was still it was ugly. A typical, it was a typical, typical game that the Blacks have played pretty much all year long. Uh, the streak, actually they haven't lost for a few games now, but the streak that they have gone with only two victories in a row. Yeah, no, great guy and, um, you know, really had a very good career. And he played on some really good teams. I mean, you'll remember that back in the 80s, the Blackhawks had a couple of really, really good teams. But every year you'd win two rounds in the playoffs. Then you play the Oilers and, you know, seven Hall of Famers. Thanks for coming. So, uh, uh, but Garzy's a great guy, remains so, and we're friends. We, uh, we're talking about, uh, going up to, uh, a little place in Wisconsin next summer and teeing it up a little bit. So, yeah, great guy, a lot of fun, and, uh, always has been. And here's another guy who you broadcast, uh, Eddie Olchek. And it seems to me when I watch you guys and listen, you're joined at the hip. It seems that way that every year that's gone by, that you seem to be closer and closer, and I don't know if he's affected you or infected you. <laughs> no, I don't have a rash. Um, the uh, Well, don't forget, I've known Eddie Olchek, Olchek since he was 18 years old. I mean, he comes in here as the first-round first, uh, first round pick. Now the Hawks break back. Here's Savard coming over the line. Savard threw it in front, taken by Bob Murray to Olchek, right in, he scores! What a brilliant passing play with the Blackhawks on the power play. They capitalize and some tic-tac-toe in the North Star zone makes it 3-2 to two Chicago. It was a big deal for the Hawks to draft a Chicago guy, and, you know, he had a great career playing-wise also. But look at I say this regularly. I believe he is the best analyst in sports today, bar none. And by the way, what other professional analysts are network level for two sports. Nobody. He does horse racing. He does hockey. He's the lead dog in both of them. And, uh, you know, he's fabulous. And, you know, what you were talking about earlier with Dale being able to describe a play before he sees a replay, that's Eddie. Watch his puck roll on edge, Pat. Right at the last second, it rolls on edge. And Patrick Kane hesitates a second. We're going to get another look at that same exact replay. The puck kind of goes flat right up against his blade. It goes flush. I mean, Eddie's got a photographic memory. He blows me away with the ability to remember what happened not 15 seconds ago, two shifts ago that led to this goal because there's been no whistle. We just keep going. And but that's that play back then led to what happened now. I mean, he's he's brilliant. And, uh, and more importantly, at least for me, uh, he's fun. He wants to have fun. Uh, we do enjoy laughing and uh, try to regularly. My thanks to NBC Sports Chicago, WGN-TV, and WGN Radio for those memorable highlights. And as always, a big thanks to T.J. Rees for putting this podcast on the map, Will Hatzel for his fine mixing and editing, and Nick Tochi for our great graphics. And to our generous sponsors, Serenal Law Group, top-notch pros who will save you money on your real estate taxes, Dynamic Manufacturing, Honor the Legacy, Pioneer the Future, and the Vienna Beef Company, home of the iconic Chicago hot dog since 1893. By BetUS, a pioneer in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, and the Polina Market, top purveyors of the finest meats and much more. 
Tune in next time when we feature part two with Pat Foley on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. I'm George Hoffman, and that's all she wrote. <laughs>